the cross, the cross, the cross. I'm a millennial who underwent the seeker-friendly movement of the church, and if there was one message our churches were intent on communicating every week, it was the cross. The gospel, that is the good news, was apparently that someone died. And that needed to be said every time we met as a church, just in case someone wasn't aware. Every message was about the cross, and, and even if a message wasn't about the cross, it eventually had to be about the cross before the message was over. It felt like even Easter was about the cross. I mean, we wanted a few visitors on any given Sunday to hear about the cross, so you better imagine that we wanted the mass of visitors we got to church on Easter to hear about the cross. And so it kind of got to the point that I couldn't remember what the difference was between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. Easter was about the cross, right? It's, it's just kind of confusing, right? I mean, for me, the cross was focused on so much that resurrection became a footnote. And that footnote was so small that I didn't really understand the significance of resurrection for most of my life. I mean, what does resurrection mean? Why, why is it important? What bearing does it have on my life? Is it no more than a theological statement that Jesus conquered death? You know, 10 years ago, I thought I might finally find the answer because one of my favorite preachers released an Easter video on the topic of resurrection. He always had a way of connecting lines throughout the Bible and making things crystal clear. So I was excited to watch. His monologue was wonderfully poetic. The music in the video was driving and inspiring. The, the graphic overlays were beautiful. My eyes were focused on the screen for the full four minutes of the video. And then the video was done. And I was just as confused as ever. The monologue and all of its poetry felt like it had really said nothing in the end. I watched it a few more times and while I was inspired by the cinematography, I felt no more certain of why resurrection really mattered other than being a statement that Jesus overcame death and that life wins. And I guess if that's all resurrection needs to communicate, then that's all I needed to know. But it seemed like the Bible writers thought resurrection meant more than that. For example, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said that if Jesus wasn't resurrected, all our evangelism is pointless. If Jesus wasn't resurrected, then your entire faith is wrong. If Jesus wasn't resurrected, then we're all a bunch of liars on behalf of God because we told people he was. If Jesus wasn't resurrected, then all of your friends that you think are up in heaven, they're actually dead. If Jesus wasn't resurrected, then your sins haven't been forgiven. Paul's the one saying all this, and take note of that. Paul believed it was Jesus' resurrection and not just the cross that got you the forgiveness of sins. In the end, Paul pretty much says that if Jesus wasn't resurrected, then pour yourself a drink and have a good night tonight because we're all gonna die tomorrow. <laughs> look, don't, don't look at me. I'm relating Paul's words to you. Because see, for Paul, our entire faith, everything that we believe, everything that we are, it hinges on resurrection. It's not a footnote. It's not unimportant. You can't bypass this belief 
and still have Christianity. There either is resurrection and therefore Christianity, or there isn't resurrection and we're all a bunch of liars. But here's the interesting thing. If you continue to follow Paul's thought throughout the rest of 1 Corinthians 15, then you see why resurrection was such a big deal to him. And it's a bit startling to the average cross-focused millennial like me. See, much of the modern church today hasn't been preaching biblical resurrection. If you're like me, you are told that the ultimate end-all of life is to eventually die here on earth and go to the spirit world to join God in heaven. This, we've been taught, is how Christians join Jesus in resurrection life. And everything I just said, like, that's pretty standard as to what most Christians believe. But when Paul keeps talking in 1 Corinthians 15, it's pretty clear that that's not what resurrection meant to him. He tells us that Jesus' resurrection is a foreshadowing of what we'll go through. But wait, Jesus came back to bodily life, right? Like he was dead, then put on a body, and then went to heaven. Yeah, says Paul, and so will you. A resurrection matters because it's something you do too, not just something Jesus partook in. And Paul goes on to tell us that the resurrection body you'll be given is like the one Jesus was given. It'll be imperishable, immortal, glorious, powerful. But upon hearing this, if you're like me, you stop and you say, okay, but Jesus put on like a physical body. How am I supposed to put on a physical body if if I'm supposed to go and, and, and go to heaven? If that's where we're all going, why do I put on a physical body? Well. If you keep reading your Bible, you realize that the full message of resurrection isn't about going to heaven when you die. The fullness of resurrection is about us leaving heaven and coming to earth. One day, Jesus will come to install his kingdom in full on the earth, and when he does, he'll bring all the Christians who have passed throughout all the centuries. He'll bring them all with him, and at that point, we actually won't be raptured like so many have been believing, but rather we'll be taken up into the skies. If we're still here while Jesus is returning with all these Christians, we'll be taken up into the skies to join him as he's on his way down. That's what the rapture gets misunderstood, is this idea that we just take off and we, we go to heaven and just stay up there. See... This is the full gospel. The, the good news is not just that a man died. The good news is that a man died and lived to tell the tale. And what that good news means is that if you follow Jesus, you'll do the same thing. The good news isn't that we just go away to heaven. The good news is that eventually we're coming back to earth. And when we do, Jesus will make us perfect. He'll make us everything we were meant to be. He'll make us immortal. He'll share his reign over the earth with us. He'll extend us the ability to make judgment calls. He'll get rid of everything that's wrong with the earth right now. And you'll finally get to live in the world that, that you always hoped for. All chaos and destruction and oppression and evil, all rooted in sin. It's all going to be done away with to the point that you will look so much like Jesus that even you won't sin anymore. Not, not because you don't have free will, but because the Holy Spirit has made you so perfect in character that you've been liberated from your capacity to sin, just as you always hoped you would be. 
That's in the resurrection life. Resurrection. Whenever, whenever I think about it, it just makes me so excited. Because, <laughs> see, I'll be honest, I, I don't know what's on the other side of death's door. I, I, I mean, I know it's heaven, but I don't really know what that's like. And that can be a little intimidating. But Earth, I know what Earth is like. And I like Earth. And in many ways, I don't want to leave it. Look, look around you, God's great creation. Who is ever thinking, I would just love to never see any of this ever again? But that's the beauty of resurrection. You get to see it again. You get to come back. And not only do you get to see it again, but you get to see a picture of it that only Christians will ever get to see. Why? Because Paul tells us in Romans 8 that creation waits for humanity to be resurrected. Until then, it has to continue in its current corruption as the current world afflicts it. And so it groans, waiting for resurrection. But one day when our bodies are finally redeemed, then creation will be set free from its bondage. Perhaps this is because the glorified, resurrected Christian will treat creation rightly, or perhaps it's because the new earth will undergo its own kind of resurrection, as some Bible scholars imagine. Meredith G. Klein, for example, he wonders if we might see the current plant life and animals that we know right now in the new creation. Or perhaps we might see things that went extinct long ago. Maybe God will remake it. Or maybe, just as we go from glory to glory, from this shell of a body now to a resurrected body later, Perhaps we'll see the shells of plants and animals we know now in their own kind of glory later. Maybe they'll experience resurrection in their own way. And here's the cool thing. Resurrection isn't all about later. It matters to your life right now as well. Maybe I'm wrong, but you know, I, I gather since part of our job is to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth right now, I would guess that our installments of heaven, the things that we do on God's behalf, that maybe those get to live on in the new earth. Furthermore, even though the fullness of resurrection is coming later, the Bible starts to tell us that resurrection has actually already begun in you right now. Paul understood that Christians move from glory to glory. When you become a Christian, you die to your old self by taking on Christ's cross with him you then move on to another form of glory. It's, it's part of the resurrection. Resurrection starts there. Even though you haven't put on that immortal body yet, in that moment, you put on a phase of the resurrection where, where sin no longer has power over you and you can actually tell it no and overcome it. Paul believed you had that power now because of what the Holy Spirit is already doing. He's begun to grow the fruit of the resurrected being inside of you right now. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who makes resurrection. He's seen as a creator at the beginning of the Bible. He's seen as a creator throughout the Bible. And he's the one who is said to have raised Jesus from the dead. And so, of course, the Holy Spirit's raising you from the dead right now in this moment. And, you know, if you die before Jesus comes back, you just move on to another form of glory. Glory to glory to glory. You go to heaven to be with God. It's another level. And then, that's not even the end, because when Jesus comes back, you'll move on to that final glory of putting on that full resurrected body. This is gospel. This is good news. 
Why stop at the cross every week? Why not end with resurrection? Here's looking at you, coronavirus. You're a part of the old world. A curse of sickness and death that belongs with the Lord of death, Satan himself. Heads up, corona. You lose in the end. Even if you take our lives, you've only moved us on to more advanced glories on the way to the fullness of the final glory of resurrection. You don't win now and you don't win later. In fact, one of the attributes of the new earth is the complete removal of death and sickness from the earth. The curse will be undone completely. Death will be undone. In the end, Corona is the one that actually dies permanently, along with everything else that is wrong with this world. The early church and churches around the world could say the same thing to those who martyred them. They could turn to their martyrs and, and say, you may think you've won or that you've shortened my time span on this planet, but what can compare with eternal life? How could our lives now, even if full of the riches of cash and cars and education and children, how could any of that right now in this short time ever possibly compare with life in the resurrected earth where God comes and dwells with us in fullness and we finally see his face with bodies that can actually handle seeing his face? Are you feeling it yet? Do, do you see the difference resurrection makes for the Christian? Not just later, but right now? There's a fullness coming called resurrection and it cannot be stopped. And those who follow Jesus now and join his kingdom are the ones who will participate in that new world. Everything and everyone else who hasn't chosen him are considered to be aligned with the old world and its kingdom and its false rulers and its false gods, whether they call them by name or not. But there is good news this Easter. The, the Bible says God wants all to be saved. Yes, the resurrection is for you too. And it starts now, and it reaches its fullness later. You know, it's true. Your, your faith stands and falls on the cross. That's important. It's crucial. But without the resurrection, even the cross fails to do its job. Church, it's time to start living in the full gospel. If you don't keep the resurrection in the story, all the lines of the gospel don't connect. Why? Because you ripped out the ending. <laughs> and so everyone's left wondering, where exactly does this go? And if you didn't know before, now you do. So what are you going to do about it?